My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a really exciting guest coming on today. Magdalena Hanna is a serial entrepreneur and award-winning business productivity coach and the creator of AIPD Productivity Framework for coaches, consultants, and freelancers. It's her mission to minimize negative aspects of the globally acclaimed hustle mentality and help business owners get rid of the confusion around the most logical steps in their business, causing them to achieve more, work less, and enjoy their journey in the present moment, fulfill, uh, fulfilling in every way. So we're all looking for that. So this is super exciting. You know, she's also the host of uh, Habits of the Influence. So welcome to the show, Magdalena. How's it going? Hi, Brittany. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my I'm, gosh, doing, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay. I'm really excited for today, but you know, before we jump into any of the topics that we kind of discussed before the interview, would you mind taking us back, telling us a little bit about your journey on how you got to where you are today? I know you have done a lot of things and achieved a lot of uh, stuff here, so I'd love to share that with our listeners. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm not an OG in business, but I do like to call myself <laughs> an OG when it comes to marketing. This has always been my passion. I've always known that... I'm supposed to work for myself and I always laugh because it actually showed when I was working for other people. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that um, had dipped into multiple industries and believe it or not, I've been in a vast array of industries starting from publishing, through real estate, through private banking sector and even performing arts <laughs> because my first business was a dance school uh, back in 2007. Uh, and that was a brick and mortar business. But after moving to the UK about a decade ago, um, I thought, well, everybody's going to love me, right? I'm so good. I have so much experience. I'm educated. I'm just going to go to another country. Everybody will just say hello to me with open arms. Everybody will want to work with me. And then reality hit. It turned out that I had to start from scratch. I had to start from complete zero. So I had to find a normal day job, uh, which kind of rolled me through another few years. But there was always this yearning. There was always this passion. It's like, oh my God, I need to do something creative. I need to go back to marketing. I need to do something with, you know, starting another business because I sold my previous one when I left my, my other country. So that led me to... And I think that the main reason why I actually got pushed to doing that was a breakup of my relationship with my child's dad and an eviction notice that just followed right after from my flat. And I had a three month old baby on my hands. So I thought, okay, it's now or never. I didn't have any high expectations with the business. I just wanted to be creative. I just wanted to do something, even if it was, you know, just buying him a pair of shoes or, or just some sweets with the business, I would think it was a win, you know, alongside my normal day job. But from so 2016, when I started my first online business, I realized that even though I had so much experience in marketing, it was a normal brick and mortar experience. 
and the online world, you know, bear in mind, we're talking about my first business being no internet, no Facebooks, no social media. It was a completely different game. Uh, you know, you used to buy um, radio space or put our advertisements or billboards. So it was a completely different world to this one. So I had so much to learn and it turned out that it wasn't as easy as I thought. I thought I would just go into it. The success will just come naturally because I am so experienced. Uh, and it took me a while. It took me two years up until I met a fantastic mentor that had taught me uh, of how to do business online, how to approach this whole game. Uh, I was really struggling. I lost a lot of money on product. I lost a lot of money on Facebook ads. <laughs> I think we've all tried that. Uh, and yeah, it, it took me a while after three years, thankfully, and working with my mentor, we have reached, uh, six figures in revenue, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it was not a peach, peaches and roses type of journey. Uh, if you know what I mean. So after a while I decided, okay, now I've got the grasp of it. I'm so good with the marketing. Let's do something with the coaching world. Uh, and when I approach the coaching world a little bit deeper, I went into the ins and outs. I've noticed a lot of toxicity and a lot of unfair treatment of people who are trying to do business alongside, you know, having a normal job, having another business. Uh, it was just this yearning of everybody that you need to work 24 seven. Otherwise you're not determined enough to achieve success. Uh, if, if you didn't go on a webinar at three in the morning, because bear in mind, I'm in the UK, most of the webinars at that time were held in the United States. So it was either me sitting all through the night and going to my day job and looking after my kids, or I wasn't determined enough to do business. So I thought, Hey, people need to know the truth. People need to know that things don't happen overnight, that it is a journey, that you're not supposed to work nonstop, that you're not supposed to just put your life on hold because you're starting out a business. And of course, it is a process and it's going to require a lot of work, but there is an easier way. And I thought, why not just go out there and tell people the truth? I love it. Thanks so much for, you know, taking us back and telling us a little bit of, uh, you know, your journey. And, you know, right now, based on where you are with, uh, with everything that you do, how do you deliver your services? Tell us a little bit about that process. Well, I still own the e-commerce business. So obviously that is run by my team right now. Um, the, the only thing that I'm actually doing, sometimes I resolve uh, more complicated customer queries, but generally the business is fully automated and runs itself. So I don't really need to pay so much attention to that. When it comes to coaching, we are still at the stage of obviously growing and developing. So uh, there's a lot of things that comes into play. We do normal courses as in digital products, as well as provide services. So starting out from just coaching, so teaching people or how to do things to a for agency care when I do things for clients, like completely done for you service. Incredible. Let's jump into the topic. Authority building begins with the right platform. Take us down that road. I know you have a lot of value to add. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I'm laughing because now when I look back at the very beginnings of my business, I, I was genuinely convinced that all it takes to be successful is just to be visible and visible in my mind at that time was just put 
your content everywhere, be everywhere, be omnipresent and build a great product and people will come and everybody will want it. And we all know that that's not the case. Um, even if you are spreading yourself thin and you're really trying to be everywhere, uh, it does not necessarily build authority. Now, because of my biggest passion, which is neuroanthropology, that's what I'm educated in. Uh, I I am always I have always been very interested in building movements and and that kind of spreads from cults through you know great organization charity work and stuff like that um, and I was always wondering what kind of makes people tick what makes people look at others as influencers as authorities in their fields and what makes people want to spread the message further so that kind of passion went into my whole concept of how to do marketing in an easier way is through the power of advocates through the power of the people that you work with uh, and by giving them a fantastic service just not coercing them not manipulating them because bear in mind we a lot of time we see influence as something negative as manipulation right or coercion to doing things it is um connected with many things uh, uh, one of which being influencers online <laughs> uh, and, and it has, has this negative connotation. So I thought I would like influence to be perceived in the way that it should be perceived, which is inherently good, which is building authority, showing your know-how and sharing it with other people and those people seeing that know-how, having the results and then going into the world and presenting your message or your or spreading the word about your program as something very valuable and something that you should pay attention to. Incredible. Now, you know, we were kind of discussing before the interview a couple of things. Let's start with the big results with a smaller following. You know, I think a lot of us get confused with, oh, I have to have, <laughs> even when it comes to podcasts, I need a lot of downloads to make a lot of money. And that's not necessarily the, tr the truth. Or I need a big following on social media to, you know, make it work. And tell us a little bit about how you feel in regards to that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's just one of the misconceptions, isn't it? That you need to have a huge following in order to have results. But let's look again. Let's go back to those influencers who have massive platforms, massive followings, and not necessarily have the sales, have the revenue from what they are doing. And then on another note, on another side, you've got really well-known people, really established people in the industry who don't have that huge following, but they have die-hard fans who buy program after program after program and they want to work with those people. So it just goes to show that it's not about how big your audience is, but how receptive it is to what you have to present. 100%. It kind of falls into the, you know, the topic quality versus quantity. I mean, you can have a lot of people following and a lot of leads, but are they one, the right fit? Are they able to afford your offer? Are, are you a good fit for them? Like, you know, I think find the quality people instead of a quantity of a whole bunch is much more powerful. Uh, tell Let's dive into that a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how you feel in regards to that. Well, yes, because bear in mind, look at some, <laughs> look at the, some people's posts. I, I have this obsession. I go online sometimes and I just stalk people. I know it sounds really creepy, but it is part of same. my, <laughs> <laughs> it is part 
part of my job, kind of. I just look at what people do and what is the response. I'm generally mostly interested in the response of people underneath those posts. I don't even need to know what the post is about. It's just about how do people react to what you have to say. And a lot of the times you have this huge engagement, but the engagement kind of ends up being, oh, wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> what a wonderful journey. And it doesn't really do much, does it? There's no response into hand-raising posts like, would you like that? I created that. Uh, and there is no me, the little hands, you know, <laughs> that are being raised that want to get, uh, that want to explore further of what you have to present. And like I said, engagement, I always say likes don't pay your bills or engagement in general does not pay your bills. It's the type of engagement that we receive that kind of shows uh, whether a person is successful in their efforts to getting clients in or not. And sorry, what was the second part of your question? Um, no, I just wanted to see exactly what how you felt about, you know, um, quality versus quantity. Yeah, so so in, in, in this, in case of quant quality versus quantity, I have a strong belief um, that it's all about results. And it's not about just getting a bunch of people into your pipeline and serving them in a mediocre way and then struggling. Um, and in fact, I had a lot of clients coming to me um, after working with multiple coaches, several coaches, several consultants, and still not getting the results, still struggling financially, still struggling mentally, mainly mentally, because I started out as a productivity coach. So that was a huge chunk of my work. The AIPD framework was all about mindset, all about that preparation to the success. Because, you know, how many stories do we hear about people achieving massive success, but then losing it all or getting stuck because they were not prepared uh, into serving so many people or not prepared um, to the amount of success or to the amount of recognition that they suddenly get. And, you know, th that means that people stand in their own way. So I've had a lot of people coming to me and saying, look, I had to revert back to my old ways or I'm still not feeling it or I'm not getting what I was promised to get. So I genuinely feel the better you serve people, the easier it gets to in the long run, as I said in the beginning, it's a process to get more people in. Because as you grow gradually, and we all know it's not a linear journey, as you go gradually, you get the preparedness of serving more people in a good way. But start small with high quality because the results of those people that you serve first are going to be the legacy that is going to follow you when you are ready to expand it to a larger audience. 100%. Uh, you know, the fact that you're choosing the highest quality value as well. Do you want to touch on that just a little deeper? I know you did, but if you have anything else to add to that, I think it's so valuable. There's three things that you need to have in place when you are working with people. And that is actually four things that is the and that kind of correlates with the whole influence authority building thought um you know you start from good intentions because you want to help people right let's just let's just look at it this way but with just intentions you are not 
able to, like I said, you're not prepared to help people with just good intentions. And we all know the saying, well, good intentions, right? <laughs> what happens with good intentions? You need to also have an understanding, understanding of your own journey, understanding of the journey of your clients so that you are best equipped to help them with whatever needs to be helped. And then hopefully the third kind of stage is your implementation right so how well have you implemented those things that you are teaching to other people we have had this saying of anybody can be a coach for the longest time right um suddenly we've got everybody is a coach everybody is a consultant uh and i'm not necessarily of the view that anybody can be a coach because people forget about that little important stage which is implementation uh, which gives you the experience and the tools to better serve the people that's where the quality comes from. And then, and only then, are you able to move to the stage of influence, where you are perceived as that knowledgeable, knowledgeable person in your industry, where you are perceived as that person who can move the masses, as you are perceived as that person who is the only logical choice. Yeah, I love that saying, the only logical choice in your business, in your industry, in your niche. Absolutely. You mentioned niche. Can you dive into how you feel about, you know, the importance of narrowing it down? And <laughs> you got niche? me here. I mean, in this world, we are, there's so much out there, right? There's so many to choose from. How, why is it so important to have, be very clear on as to what your niche is? <laughs> I'm actually, uh, you know, my main program is called No Niche Authority. <laughs> Oh. And actually, I'm, I go against the tide when it comes to choosing a niche from the get-go. And the reason oh, for okay, that... okay. No, that's okay. That's interesting. <laughs> Let's hear it. The reason for that is because of my own story. I told you that I started out as a productivity coach. And although I'm a very organized person to the point of I make lists out of lists, I'm OCD obsessed. <laughs> I'm that well organized. Uh, it's something that I really like, but it's not something that I'm very passionate about. I love it. I love helping people with it. I have even received an award for my productivity work, for working with mental health, sustainability and innovation in the productivity world. Fantastic. I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. But I always wanted to go back to marketing, always wanted to go back to business. And it was so hard once I started being known for productivity to kind of switch because the audience that I had at the time of productivity was not necessarily the audience uh, that I would be serving with my marketing and with my business offers, right? So people were utterly confused. Uh, they were not responsive to any of my offers. Uh, and I just decided to switch from day to day. It's like, okay, no, <laughs> I want to be in business. I want to do marketing. That's what I love. That's what I'm obsessed about. Uh, that's what I'm really passionate about. And it was super hard to get out from one niche that I was, I was literally niche down, yeah, you know, yeah. to, to, to get and jump to another one. And because I was still growing, I kind of, figured out that I shoot myself in the knee because it was me after almost two years of building a name for myself, having to jump to something completely different and start from zero again. So it wasn't a case of like, oh, I naturally jumped. I, I had a really big problem of building a new audience and providing a new message. And like I said, it confused a lot of people. So I believe that you don't actually as you as long as you know your industry that you're in as long as okay, you know yeah. the people that you're serving and as long as you know what the challenge is that you're solving for them 
that's enough. And a lot of people confuse niche with the demographic. A niche is not a demographic. A niche right. is not a topic. It's the sweet spot in between your audience and the industry that you're in and the problem that you're solving. It's kind of in the middle, right? It's that sweet spot. And a lot of people think like, okay, I'm just going to look at my demographic, let's say, women between 12 and 15 and, uh, you know, and whatever product they have. And that is enough. It's not enough because if you no, want your not. message to be standing out in the crowd, you just said this plenty of people everybody does the same you know i don't know how you feel about it but sometimes i open up my computer and i see post after post after post after post from different people and it all looks the same it has uh -huh. no unique proposition there's nothing enlightening that i would find there that i would find of inspiration that would really move me and that is the issue that is the problem you can't build a strong message without first knowing who you are who you serve, what's the product, what's the challenge, and also, you know, to reach that status, or should I say that level, you need to have a journey of working with people, of knowing what you help them with, of getting to know what those people are passionate about, which just mere research will not suffice, right? You need to physically be out there with people. You need to know, okay, ha I had a lot of clients, you know, they just, um, they came to me with one industry and they ended up coming out of a completely different industry. It happens a lot. A lot of people think that they want to do something, but as they start working with people, as they start solving the problems, they figure out, hey, I've got this unique proposal. I've got this great innovative way of how I can look towards that problem. And that is going to amplify my message. And it turns out that they come up with something completely different. So to avoid right. confusing the audience, to avoid this jumping and pivoting, constant jumping and pivoting, I believe that niche is something you find, not something you choose. Yeah. And I think a big thing is like, what is, like you, you mentioned, what is the challenge and how are you solving it? That's what matters, you know? So that's huge. Yeah. So Michaelina, can you tell us a bit about your podcast? What were the intentions <laughs> behind it and where's it at today? Oh, it's a complete passion project. Uh, I've, Love like it. I said, I wanted to kind of break through that wall of hey i'm in business hi i do marketing and hey this is my specialty i help people build those movements i help people create that following create that traffic source create those super fans and creating the podcast was sort of an avenue to do that and because my co-host he's a brick and mortar business owner we're both multiple business owners so we deal with completely different audiences and I thought this is going to be fun this is going to reach so many new people not only because podcasts reach new people uh, in general there's a lot of people who just prefer to listen you know pop their uh, airpods or uh, whatever it is that how they listen to podcasts um it's just easier to reach new audiences that I would never reach being on Facebook or being on any other social media. And yeah. yeah, it's incredible the connections you can make globally with a podcast that, you know, you normally wouldn't. Uh, it's almost like a snowball effect. I find sometimes like you'll have people come down the road and be like, I've been binge watching your podcast for this long and I'm ready to work with you. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. It really builds that authority and credibility as well. Right. So 
It does. It does because you you get to present a completely different perspective. You get to have those conversations that are more light, more loose. Uh, you get to present a different angle to a topic. And that's what we want to do with Habits of Influence as well. We want to discuss topics that are not discussed. We didn't want to create yet another podcast that is going to teach people because there's tons of wonderful podcasts, yourself included, uh, where people just are being given those tips, are being given those steps. But what about teaching people discernment and teaching people how to think for themselves, not giving one opinion or the other, as in like the only possible opinion, but presenting all sides of it and allowing people to choose for themselves. So this is how you do this. This is how you can approach that. But however you approach it at the end of the day is up to the listener. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to just provide that, you know, that helping hand so that people feel less alone. People are more understood. We, we are in a, you know, us entrepreneurs, we lead a life that is completely different to everybody else. And it's sometimes hard to understand, but sometimes hard to live with us. So that's where we come in. It's just that listening ear, that helpful shoulder that is going to make people feel less alone and more understood. But with that element of choose for yourself, start thinking in a more unique way so that you can build that, um, that, you know, that different proposal, different to everybody else. 100%. Now, tell us, you know, many of my listeners are also, well, entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs and a lot of them have podcasts. Now, any challenges that you have found with the podcast, even if it's recently, um, that they might be relatable to our listeners. I'm just curious. Tons. (laughs) 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 Well, first of all, it's a completely different game. Uh, It First of all, finding good, valuable people for podcasts is a challenge. And that's why we decided to start with just the two of us, just the two of us discussing the topic, the topics kind of trying to ease in into what is going to be going on starting from January 2023, because we're planning now on expanding and getting some guests in. Uh, But we just wanted to kind of get a feel of how that looks like, how those conversations can go. Uh, What do we even want to talk about? Because when you're first starting out a podcast, you have tons of ideas, right? I want to do this and I want to do this topic and I want to do this topic. But it doesn't necessarily correlate with what people want to hear. (laughs) So at first you kind of like with every other business, I, I see podcasting as a just another way of doing business, just another kind of avenue of where the business can go into. So you need to, again, find out what the people want to hear, how they want to hear it, what do they resonate with? Sometimes, you know, some of our episodes are highly up there. They're fantastic. They have great response. Other ones just flop and there's crickets and nobody listens to it. And we're still kind of in that phase of trying to figure out what is working, what isn't working, what to do more of. And the second part is YouTube, because we decided to not only go into podcasting as a traditional way on the podcast platforms, but also to do the video on the YouTube side. And that's another whole different game. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you're not alone. I've heard that uh, previous guests, same thing. They're like, well, we're doing the podcasting, but we're also expanding with YouTube, you know, with the video as well. I'm like, love it. I love it. But yes, there are, you know, those challenges but I think it's amazing what you're you've got on the go here and you know what uh what is your plan with finding the you know 
the right fit guests for your show? Anything uh, that you've considered yet? Yes. Well, the, the people that we're looking for uh, are multipreneurs like ourselves. So people who don't just do coaching or don't just do consulting. And this is not just the only thing that they've done in regards to business in terms of experience. We want people that like us are going to have different perspectives, right, from different industries, whether they worked in corporate or whether they had another business before uh, back in the day and can provide a little bit more than just the service industry perspective. So we talk about products, we talk about brick and mortar, we talk about coaching and consulting, but we also uh, talk about freelancers and, and the whole backup, you know, the, the team building processes. So I, we want people that actually have more experience than just in the consulting field or just in the, um, in the coaching field. That's for sure. Love it. This is exciting. And so tell me a little bit about what your client acquisition is like. What, what's the process like with what you're, the different things that you have going on? So I practice what I preach and I try and kind of use the goodwill and the wonderful heart of my inspirational clients. So I try to the best of my ability to to serve them as good as best as I can. And I have to say, it's been an amazing ride. Our, our clients have collectively done 4.9 million in the last two years, which I think is an wow. exceptional achievement. Uh, and and they do multiple businesses. They they put their hands into multiple things. So bear in mind, having one business is a challenge. Having multiple, uh, it takes a lot of grit and it takes a lot of organization. So props to them. They're amazing. Uh, but also, uh, what we are trying to to teach people and what I do myself is the whole automation side, right? Because I am not the kind of person who likes to be online or nonstop. And in fact, I have actually stopped being on a lot of social media platforms because I don't like them that much and I don't want to be there. I don't want to do it. Uh, also, I've, I'm a kind of an introvert. I've never liked, you know, telling people when I had my coffee or, <laughs> or just sharing any private matters uh, in regards right. to my life. So I don't feel comfortable with that. So I wanted to build something that would allow me to get the clients in whilst at the same time not having to show up nonstop. So again, we're coming back to that simplifying aspect uh, into, you know, and eradicating the hassle mentality. So what I have done is I built systems that allow me to get clients nonstop, whether I sleep, whether I work, whether I show up on social media, whether I post any posts, whether I don't post any posts. Uh, and those people are going through a wonderful journey up until they reach a point where they can make a decision to either go with the program or make a, perhaps make a decision that they want to work with me in terms of my coaching services or consulting services or the agency work. Uh, and they have that opportunity to binge watch a lot of stuff before they make that decision. And those that don't, we love them as well we nurture them further and um, just send them to free trainings resources uh, podcast episodes whatever it is that I create that could make them learn more even if they do not decide that I am the right fit because not everybody will love you and that's absolutely right. fine exactly and it's so being okay with it like you know yeah. not yeah. everyone's gonna be a fit but when you get those people who are at 12 o'clock and ready to go and are serious yeah. And if you can help them, great. And and I mean, it has to be a fit on both sides, you know, and not everyone's going to be, but love it. So 
I know our episodes are so short, but I do have one other question. Uh, what is your major focus and desire for 2023 within the businesses? And I know you mentioned in the podcast a few things as well, um, like having guests and certain topics. Uh, but yeah, tell me a little bit about that biggest desire. YouTube. I'm absolutely besotted with YouTube. Yes, I need to know more. Uh, I spent the last two months trying to get into the rabbit hole of learning everything that I can about YouTube. I'm actually going to be starting two channels, one of which being strictly connected with business. Uh, and that is all about marketing, all about building a movement, all about productivity, anything that revolves around what I do within my programs or services. But also another one where uh, I decided that I need to show my sarcastic side and I need to, you know, I love talking. I love the sound of my own voice. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I'm just going to create a channel that is all about me judging others like judging what is happening in the world whatever i think you know one of those reaction kind of channels something funny Love something it. that will show <laughs> this is so great i can't wait for it <laughs> me too this because i don't know that that can either break me or make me i don't know which way it's going to go <laughs> but you know you're you're taking the you the leap of faith and it's going to be good. Yeah. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Magdalena, this has been absolutely amazing. You've added so much value and that's what I'm looking for on my show. So I just want to thank you again. It was such a pleasure having you, but you know, if anyone's looking to connect with the services that you have to offer, what would be the best way to connect with you and reach, reach out to you? So you have several ways of how you can reach me. The best one is through Facebook, through my personal account. Uh, that's why I spend most of my time. Uh, you can also be part of my Facebook group. Facebook is generally the medium that I use the most. Uh, but by all means, do check out our podcast. It's habitofinfluence.com. Uh, if you want some free trainings, freebies, um, any sort of resources, which we've got plenty on my website, it's home.magdalenahanna.com. Uh, you can choose ebooks trainings whatever you wish uh and i'm planning on adding much much more in there resources that will help you go through the journey resources that will help you distinguish what is fluff and what is just noise and what you should be really focusing on in order to be a powerful known well-known well-regarded leader that's what we want to achieve uh there's so many wonderful people with beautiful messages and i want nothing more than to just allow those voices to be heard because they're going to be so fantastic i know that and and somebody needs to help them out to stand out in the crowd essentially amazing super exciting well thank you again Mag- uh, magdalena this has been so incredible and i really enjoyed my time with you here today i really did as well thank you so much Brittany. That makes me happy. Okay, guys, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Magdalena Hannah did today to share your story, talk about what you got going on in the business and talk about the podcast, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next one. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, 
download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.